We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. I'm Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com. We've got a lot to talk about today in the world of the Los Angeles Lakers. I know it's tough times right now, especially after that loss to the Houston Rockets. Certainly not a loss that we were expecting to happen, but kind of the way this season has gone. And I got to admit, I even woke up, we're recording this on, on Thursday, most of you probably watching this on Friday, but I even woke up this morning still kind of bothered by that game, just woke up on kind of the wrong side of the bed, and I think it's just, I, I woke up, the first thing I thought of was that Rockets game just kind of hanging over me, over me like a cloud. I know a lot of you are feeling the same way with this Lakers season. Sean Davis joining me from LakersNation.com. Sean, how are you doing? How are you handling this? Like, are you are, are you as bothered by what we've seen from the Lakers recently as I am? Like, are you waking up thinking about what happened in that that Rockets game? Yes, and I I also actually overslept too, so I woke up. I'm already upset because I overslept a little bit. I'm like, gosh darn it, we did we just lost to the Rockets last night, but you know all that went away eventually because then my Chargers traded for Cleo Mack, so I had something to for. For just about 30 minutes or so, take my mind off the Lakers losing to the Houston Rockets. So I'm in a better mood now. That absolutely helps. And then we got some good news from Major League Baseball today. Finally, baseball's yes. coming back. The Dodgers will be back in action. DodgerBlue.com is our sister site, by the way. If you guys haven't checked it out, they have an excellent YouTube channel as well. The Dodger Blue YouTube channel. So go check them out. In fact, there's a link in the description down below. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, fear not, the Dodger Blue podcast is on the way. It is in the works. I've already got it all set up. We just got to start populating it with the podcast that we are going to be producing. So be ready for that as well. Lots of fun stuff coming there now that baseball is back. But we're focused on basketball here. Go Dodgers. Absolutely. Absolutely. But we're focused on basketball here. So let's talk about this Lakers season so far. Because here's, here's the thing. I've got a few news stories to get into. But real quick, I just... I want to address this. I've had a number of people that have been messaging me that I've seen in the comments for some of our videos and the yeah. comments for our podcast that have been talking about how frustrated they've been and how it is leaking into their everyday life. And I'm like, you know, I woke up this morning feeling like just in a bad mood because of what we were, what we've been dealing with this season with, with the Lakers. And this is probably the first point of the season where it started to get to me a little bit, but I'm around this stuff every single day. I know for a lot of people, 
it, it was getting them even earlier in the season. So I want to talk real quick about kind of, I don't know if it's stress management, but how you handle this, this season. Because let's face it, there's a lot of people out there right now. If you go on social, it's hard to go on social media without seeing people clowning on, yeah. on the Lakers and, and their situation. And it just kind of, it can snowball and it can spiral. And I'm seeing some people say that their mental health is actually being affected by how bad this season is. And Sean, I mean, on the surface, that sounds, it's, there's a degree of ridiculousness, right? To that. Sorry, MTV. Yeah. But, but you, you think about that and you think a sports team, should that really have an impact on my everyday life? Should that have an impact on, on how I'm feeling? But if you are a Lakers fan, you're part of Lakers Nation. The answer is yes. Like to the outside observer, you think, you think, why would that be bothering you so much? There is a deep emotional connection to these sports mm-hmm. teams that we come to support. And with the Lakers, it's a generational thing where, I mean, look, my dad was a Lakers fan, right? Like they, we grew up around the Lakers. And so it's something that's been an ever-present part of our lives. So the connection is stronger than most outside would, would think. And so this kind of stuff really can bother people. So Sean, that's my long-winded way of saying, are, are you doing anything right now to kind of help manage what we're seeing or taking your mind off it? Of, you mentioned Khalil Mack. What strategies are you using in getting through this season? And yeah, so I'll answer that one. But first, again, like my dad's a Lakers fan as well. He's been like my grandma's a Lakers fan. So yeah, like family, Lakers are my family. And then, yeah, and it's even kind of affecting me a little bit as well. Like, typically, like, whatever emotion I have the next day, when I go to sleep, the, the clock resets. I can't change it. But, like I, like I said, I woke up today, I was a little irritated. Like, we really lost to the Rockets last night. Um, but, I mean, like, I think it was after the All-Star break where we lost to the Clippers that we lost to the Pelicans. I did not watch the Pelicans game after the first quarter. And then I say I think I took a social media break. I got off of social media for, like, a day or two or whatever just to kind of debrief or whatever, because like you said, social media, especially when the Lakers are losing by 28 to teams like the Pelicans can be rough. So um, it's tough and obviously value your social, uh, your mental health over a basketball team. But I mean, Lakers nation is hardcore and like they really ride or die with their teams. And obviously uh, the team probably appreciates your support. We appreciate you guys support as well. Absolutely, 100%. You know, and, and part of the reason why I even get into this kind of stuff is because of, and I've talked about this before, when Kobe passed, I saw this community come together, come together mm-hmm. in, in a way yep. that blew me away. It was it was so incredible and heartwarming to see the way people leaned on each other. This situation, nowhere near the same. Nowhere near the same, but this is still something that is affecting people. And I'm seeing people mention that they are really having a tough time dealing with this. And I think part of it is that social media aspect. So what I do when when stuff started to get to me, like, for example, today, I woke up and was still just kind of upset about about the game. And it was just it was frustrating. It was on my mind. Um, I got outside. I think that's a that's a big thing. Get outside, get away from laptop and all that. I, and I went for a walk. I just went for a walk for about 30 minutes, just got outside, got some physical activity. Physical activity is something that can help help that as well. By the way, I'm, I'm far from trained in any of this stuff, but I'm not a doctor or anything like that when it comes to stress management, certainly not a therapist or any of that. But um, getting outside, doing stuff that's physical can certainly help with things like this. Uh, and then just kind of taking that time to to focus on some other stuff for a little bit. Sometimes we get so locked in on one thing. And if that thing is 
is a negative, which right now we're seeing, you know, from the Lakers, a lot of times it, it is a negative experience. The accumulation of that over the course of a season can really weigh on you. So making sure that you just check in with yourself, where, where are you at? Take some time away if you need to. If it's not watching a game, heck, I've told you guys back in the day, I used to record games and then only watch it if they won because it was starting to bother me. It was starting to bother me so much. I'm not that way now. I'm able to, to handle it a bit better now, but still for some people that may be where you're at. So just something to keep in mind. It's not crazy to have to stop and consider the impact that the games are having on you and kind of check in with yourself and figure out where you're at. So just throwing that out there, you know, I know some people are struggling with it. There are some strategies out there that you can try. Just consciously be aware of how the games are affecting your mood and, and maybe take some steps if you need to in order to to help alleviate that. I applaud your competitive stamina, man. Like, you've been through some, <laughs> some rough times with the Lakers fan, but you keep showing up. Whether it's this or the front office show, which again, I have my cheap plug every episode. Not even on the front office show, but I highly suggest you watch it and listen to it. But uh, yeah, and it's like find other things you like outside the Lakers. That's how to be sports really. Like, I, I'm really into movies, so I'll cut mm -hmm. on a good movie or maybe listen to Muse W, cheap plug there. But watch or like do other things that you like uh, that maybe not involve the Lakers if you feel like it's impacting your day to day life. So yeah. All right, let's get on to a little bit of, of Lakers news here. So, James Worthy, after the loss to the Rockets, James Worthy, big game James. By the way, I, I've gotten, I've, I've been, I'm fortunate enough to have met James Worthy, and he is exactly as you would expect him to be. Um, I was at Spectrum Sportsnet Studios, rounded a corner, and there's big game James, larger than life, coming down the hallway, Big, deep voice yelling down the hallway at, at us and just as welcoming as can be. Super nice guy. But in any event, James Worthy had some comments after the Lakers lost to the Houston Rockets. And one of the things that he mentioned was that he said, I quote here, it doesn't seem like they believe in anything that they're doing. And he was specifically talking mm -hmm. about, about like they just don't seem to have that tenacity to them or that faith that, hey, if we go out there and we give it our all, we're going to win this game. And we certainly saw that against Houston. There's just no real force or, or conviction in their play. And I'm wondering at this point in the season, is that something that is still attainable or has that ship just, just sailed by this point? You and me kind of talked about a little bit off camera before mm -hmm. we start recording and the Lakers have kind of lost their edge. And that's something that the championship team had and even last year's team had. They were they had that fiery edge, like a pet of edge to them. Because like it was a point going into last season where like the media saw about the Lakers, oh, they haven't lost two consecutive games in a row in X amount of games. Cause they didn't. I don't think they did it the championship year. And like they had lost the game and then they went to Boston. I think they might have lost two in a row. In AD, I remember vividly, the Lakers beat Boston in Boston. AD's like, no way. We, were, we we already lost two in a row. No chance we were going to lose three in a row. We don't even do that that often. And, like, I think it starts with the two guys up front. It starts with LeBron and Anthony Davis. I think they lost the edge that they had from that championship team. Because, yeah, think about it. LeBron had something to prove that year. And it's crazy to think that LeBron, as, as uh, accomplished as he is, had something to prove. Because, I mean, you saw it, man. Like, LeBron... I don't even remember the Thunder game, uh, the championship year. 
is is like a video angle where LeBron's like telling the ref or whatever, y'all thought I'm not playing defense anymore. Now I'm playing defense now. Um, like LeBron has something to prove. Like, hey, I can really buy in defensively, and that's why I was pushing for him to be an All NBA second team defender that year. I thought it was that good. AD had something to prove, and you just had a bunch of guys on that roster that had something to prove and some edge. You win the championship last year, it goes, and now you just see these guys who just like act like they can flip the switch. And that championship team didn't have that. Uh, we're playing. We're playing. I don't know who was the worst team in the league that year. Was it Cleveland? Probably the Cavs. Yeah, just it was for one example. Of the, somebody like that. Sure. Yeah, it's like they didn't have. Oh, okay, it's the Cavs in town. We don't have to compete. No, that championship team and even last year's team went healthy. It was like, okay. This team is in town. Thank you, NBA. Thank you, Adam Silver, for putting this team in front of us. We're going to go beat them by 15, play 30 minutes because we're going to beat them so bad, and then we prepare for the next game. The Lakers don't look like they're interested in anything, and I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with what James Worthy said there. Yeah, it's certainly frustrating. We we saw it even from back in preseason. Of course, we had hoped that, okay, this is preseason, they're going to really push down on the gas pedal once the regular season starts. We never really saw that. It's always kind of felt like this team kind of bought into their own hype coming into the season. Like, hey, this is going to be one of the top teams. Vegas betting odds said, look, it's going to be Lakers and Nets in the finals and, and all of that. Um, and they just kind of expected like, hey, teams are just going to go away when we when we start to play because we've got guys who were superstars at one point in their career. So they're going to they're yes. going to fall by the wayside. And we didn't see that. We've also seen, look, there have been championship teams in the past where the sense they have, they, they they will play down to the level of their competition and then turn it on for just long enough to win. And this Lakers team has seemed to have the notion that they can do that. We've seen it against a number of bad teams this year where they play down to the level of their competition. They don't really bring that respect to the game that you would expect. And then it's like they're surprised in the final five minutes or something when they go and try to push down on the gas pedal when it's not enough. But we're so far into the season that we, it's been proven over and over and over and over again that that's simply not the case. This team is not good enough to do that. And yet we still see them continuing to do those things. So when, when James Worthy, with everything that he said, when he's talking about them not really believing in what they're doing, yeah, at this point, I don't think that they that they are necessarily believing that that they are who they are. I don't think that they are believing that they have to put forth the effort that they that they need to in order to win games. And in the end, in crunch time, I don't know if they're sure once push comes to shove that they can dig their way back out of it and actually get a win. Because look, over the course of the season, they've lost a lot of games during crunch time. You can see where they're unsure of exactly what it is that they want to do once they get themselves into a tough position. And so unfortunately, it's just this, this kind of repeat that we're stuck in this this cycle that we're stuck in where they continue dropping these games to teams that they shouldn't and i mean it's a big part of the frustration from from lakers fans this season so james i mean look james worthy i think he hit the nail on the head and that's exactly what's going on with the lakers or part of it anyway we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and 13, by the way, 13 games. They've lost by one or two possessions. And just a quick experiment. You look at the last five NBA champions, right? None of those teams had this imaginary light switch where, like, okay, we're playing this bad team or whatever. We're we're just going to, you know, cut the, we're just going to be lethargic for three quarters and then try to turn it back on in the fourth quarter. Like the Bucs, definitely not. That uh, bubble Lakers team to won the championship, no, they were. Had the chip on their shoulder, they were going to crush you every game, especially the bad teams. Uh, the Raptors, no. Uh, the War, those two Warriors teams, no, <laughs> not a shot. The Warriors, even like if they lost the game, they'd be extra upset mm-hmm. and beat a bad team by thirty-five the next night. So like, it you can't have this imaginary light switch in really any level of basketball and expect to win championships. It, it doesn't work like that. I think some teams can do it to a degree. To a degree. degree. I mean, we've seen it from some teams who have have won it all, who have done this. Um, But, but again, it's it's different when you've seen that top tier, when you know that that next gear, that Mm -hmm. next three gears or whatever, when when you know that's there, that's very different than what the Lakers are at right now. We haven't seen the Lakers get up. For for example, you know, one of the things that, that I've been doing, and it's actually been somewhat therapeutic, is just watching other teams. Because the Lakers, you watch them and you can get very frustrated with, oh my gosh, you know, here's here's another guy not not making the close out, or here's another rotation that's just kind of out of whack, or or whatever it is, or you know, okay, hey, small ball can't have its place, but super small ball, what what is happening here? Why do we have a team that's six, seven, and under on the floor right now? Right? I mean, all kinds of just craziness that can get to you. So you go and, six five, and yeah, under. right. And so you go, you go and you watch some of these other teams, and you can see where teams can can execute, especially some of the best teams in the NBA, they can get away with playing with their food a little bit, a little bit to some degree. But that's in part, that's because you see them play at that higher level. And when you watch other teams, you go, oh, the, the Lakers have never looked like this, right? And I'm talking about teams that yeah. aren't playing against the Lakers because sometimes teams, when they're playing against the Lakers, the Lakers will be very forgiving, defensively especially right so they don't have to run through a lot of stuff they don't have to go crazy and go deep into their offense or whatever to get the looks that they want you go and you watch some other games though between say two top tier teams going at each other and you'll see that like i mean we just watched the the denver nuggets and the golden state warriors play they were trading bombs going after each other and some of the stuff they're pulling off you're going okay that's that's a different level than what we've seen the lakers play at this season. And when you haven't hit that level, that means you don't have any right whatsoever to play with your food, to not to not really go after a team. Because you can't. You can't. Because when you flip that switch, you don't jump up all that much. That's that's where the Lakers are at right now. Yeah, and speaking of watching other teams, man, I, I think you got to to a certain extent to kind of see and get a good gauge of what the championship teams are on what level it takes 
and what lay it defensively, just defensively, how much effort and energy they play with. Like me personally, I love watching Dallas. I love the way they play defensively. Luke is obviously amazing. Uh, the Raptors are fun to watch as well. Eyes emoji. Um, they're really fun to watch. Um, well coached. So like, I, I like to watch other teams as well. Uh, there's a couple other teams I'm not going to say because they might get backlash. But yeah, I love watching other teams as well. So yeah. All right. We've been very negative, doom and gloom, and all that kind of stuff. And look, the way the season's gone, I think that's I think that's understandable. I think that's that's warranted. However, this has been. I've had a lot of Lakers fans tell me, and I think they're probably right. This has been the most disliked Lakers team maybe ever um, by Lakers fans because of, number one, the expectations. Mm -hmm. I've had some people say 2012, 2013. 2012, 2013, they were, what, the eighth seed? Maybe they were the seventh seed. They they won a number of games. Um, They were more competitive, I feel like, than this group is. And you didn't have quite as much of the... That, well, we're just not going to really go after it this game, right? We're getting that. We're getting that I'm not really going to try as hard as I should. That's what we're seeing from this year's Lakers team. And that separates them, I think, Uh, particularly compared to the expectations that we've seen. Yeah, there was a 17-win season, but the expectations were terrible of that season. When the expectations are that bad, that's, that's a different story. In terms of the overall enjoyment or the lack of joy of the season, a lot of it is relative to the expectations, the fact that they don't have a draft pick to look forward to, any of that kind of stuff. But what does that mean for the city? What does that mean for L.A.? Because now Reggie Jackson for the Clippers. Now, the Clippers beat the Lakers four, four to nothing this season. Lakers didn't win a game. And Reggie Jackson had this to say. He said, I always talk in the locker room with guys that, you know, they've got a 50-year head start, the Lakers did. So I understand what it is in the city and kind of how it is overwhelmed by Lakers fans. But I feel like Clippers na- nation is like the heart. It truly is... LA's more so no shot at them, but they're the lights, they're bright light, they're Hollywood, they're the show. That's what people were coming for. But I definitely feel like we're the heart of the city. And that's something we want to embody. Now he goes on, he goes on, he has a long statement here. But what's your take on on that Reggie Jackson saying we're the heart of the city, the Lakers would say it's not a, it's not a shot at them. Okay, Reggie. It's it's not a shot okay. at them. It's, it's not, not a, shot a shot at them. Look, no disrespect, but and then of course it's followed by something that's incredibly disrespectful. It's not a shot at them, but it but everything I say really is kind of a shot at them. But what what's your take on this? Reggie Jackson saying that they are now the heart of the city. The Clippers have not had a great season record wise, but they're ahead of the Lakers and they're doing it without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So what where do you stand on this? What do you think about Reggie Jackson saying this? Reggie's a funny guy, man. That's like, that's like me saying, oh, Reggie, uh, th- this is not a shot at the Clippers organization, but talk to me when you guys have at least 17 championships. But that's not a shot. Um, like, come on, man. Like, the only possible way that I can – no, I'm not even going to even entertain that. No, the L.A., unless the Clippers win 17 championships plus in the next 50 years and the Lakers don't win any, the L.A., will always, 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 did I say always enough? Always be a Lakers town. I don't care what Reggie Dexter says. And, like, that's what a Clippers player is going to say. You think a Clippers player is going to say, uh, th- oh, this is always going to be a Lakers town, even though they probably already know that's true? 
to say that. They have a pride of playing with the Clippers because, like you said, they're playing they're playing good basketball for the mm-hmm. most part, especially without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George uh, being a team that's playing uh, inspired basketball. So, I mean, they're playing. They have a good season uh, effort-wise without your two best players. So they're going to have a pride to it. And, like, you see guys, and got, those guys, whether they want to admit it or not, they take the Lakers-Clippers rivalry personal. Mm-hmm. And when you take it personal like that, like, you're the little brother. Like, it's like little brother syndrome, man. Like, like your little brother is going to want to beat you at everything, and they want to idolize you or whatever, but they want to beat you in everything. And, you know, they'll throw little jabs or whatever and try to try to nitpick at stuff here, but you're the big brother. Like, no, no, this, I, I still run this. This is my city or this is my, like, if it's 2K or whatever, you always beat your little brother. No, no, kiddo, get off the sticks. I'm still the, I'm still the best at 2K. So, like, sorry for my analogy there, but I think we get the point. This is always going to be a Lakers town. Always, always. I mean, Kyle Kuzma even had a, a statement, I'm paraphrasing <laughs> here, but um, the, the Wizards played the Clippers. And Kyle Kuzma was asked about playing the Lakers next, and he mentioned that, well, it's different when you're playing the Lakers at Crypto.com Arena, formerly Staples Center, um, than when you're playing the Clippers. So I even, and, of course, Kuzma coming from the Lakers side of things. <sighs> By the way, Kuzma revenge game. I'm, okay, I'm going to prepare. I'm, I'm, I'm preparing I'm for this. Prepared. I'm preparing for this. Over, over under 30. <laughs> but here's my, here's my thing, and I don't want to upset Lakers fans here with what I say, but... Oh, boy. Yeah. So when Reggie Jackson is saying this, which team's fans right now are more proud of their team? Oh, Clippers the Clippers. Right now. The Clippers, by far. If I were to say which team is representing best this season, the heart of L.A. in terms of the, the, the attitude of the city, the embodiment of what the city wants to be, which team is the one that's that's scrapping and clawing and doing everything they need to do in order to succeed? It's the Clippers. It's the Clippers. And that's and that's just me being honest. And that's terrible. I don't want to say that. That's terrible. Yeah, right? that's feeling in my stomach right now, man. Yeah, that that's that's awful. But if I'm a if I was a Clippers fan, just Clippers fans. If I was if I was a Clippers they fan. Exist? I would I would be proud of my team right now. Like if if the Lakers played with the hustle, with the energy, with the effort that we've seen the Clippers play with, and and yes, the strategy that with the tactics, if if they were pulling off some of the stuff that Ty Lue is pulling off in terms of the X's and O's, all all that stuff. If the Lakers had maybe let's say the Lakers without LeBron and without AD were doing what the Clippers were doing right now, we'd be proud as hell of this Lakers team. And instead, we're talking about how this is the most disliked team ever. So in terms of this season only, and if we're only talking about heart, which team has played with, now he's talking about the heart of a city, but still, which team has played with more heart? If we're being honest, it's, it feels bad saying it, but it's the Clippers. So the Clippers. I can understand him from that side. What I can't get on board with though is because, and I mentioned this earlier, the Lakers are generational. My dad grew up a mm-hmm. Lakers fan. His dad Watch the Lakers, right? This is this is something that has been part of the Southern California experience and the Lakers. Look, let's face it, we get fans coming in from all over the world, and it's fantastic. I love it. I love how global this game is becoming. But the Lakers are a generational thing. We saw it with the Lob City, with the Lob City era for the Clippers. When the Lakers were down, 
and you've got Blake Griffin and Chris Paul and all of that, and okay, we're taking over LA. If they didn't take over the city then, it's not happening now. Yeah, not Long now. term, I'll say the Clippers are a threat. Long term, they're becoming a bigger and bigger threat. They have an owner that has infinity money. The, <laughs> the Lakers didn't bring back Alex Caruso in part because of money. Steve Ballmer just said, yeah. Norman Powell and Robert Covington, you're going to give them to me and all I have to do is pay for them? How many million? Do okay, hang on. Let me write you a check. Here you go, Adam Silver. Hang on. Let me let me dig in my couch boxes. cushions. I think I've got that. <laughs> That's the kind of spending the power. That's the kind of spending power yeah. the Clippers now have. And so they are, they are coming along, right? They are coming along. Mm -hmm. You can, you can see it. As far as capturing the city goes, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that's going to be a thing. It's going to take it again. It will take generations, take generations for that to actually happen. But the Lakers do have really? a fight on their hands. Yeah. Go ahead, Sean. No, I just want to wrap up my little brother, yeah. big brother thing. Um, like for example, Normally, don't you realize, and obviously in this analogy, I'm probably going to irritate the crap out of Clippers fans if they're watching this for some reason, but obviously the Clippers in this analogy are the Little Brothers, Lakers are the Big Brothers. Like, don't you notice, Trevor, I don't know if you have any siblings, mm -hmm. but the Little Brother is the one that normally antagonizes and pokes the Big Bear or the Big Brother or whatever. The Big Brother, they don't, they don't typically say much. They're, they're more nonchalant. They're, they're more chill or whatever. And then they'll just beat the crap out of the little brother and say, yeah, here you go, right? Stop, leave me alone or whatever. Like, the Clippers, stop it, please. You're the little brother in L.A. And again, it'll be mm -hmm. generation. It'll take multiple generations, long past both of us, for L.A. to be a Clippers town. And I hope, if I'm still alive for that, that may maybe you prove me right. Or maybe, yeah, maybe you prove me wrong and the Clippers do become a an L.A. town, uh, L.A.'s Clippers town. But... Until then, uh, this is a Lakers town. It is. That is going to be for a while. Um, I'm saying that as the, the big brother here. But um, as far as I, <laughs> uh, I have a younger sister. But when I'm looking at, at this situation with, with the Lakers, here's what they have to be wary yeah. of. Okay, because Reggie Jackson's comments got a lot of feathers ruffled. There were a lot of people that were that were like, oh, how dare they? You know, that type of thing. But again, if we're being objective, we're looking at this season, the Clippers played with more. I mean, I don't think there's anything. I think we'd just be lying if we tried to say anything else. If we tried to say anything else, like the Clippers yeah. have played with more heart than the Lakers have this season. Credit to them. Mm -hmm. um, Steve Ballmer's got a lot of money. They've been making some pretty savvy moves. They could walk into next season if they're healthy as potentially the favorite to come out of the Western Conference. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If you've got now, you add a healthy Norman Powell, Robert Covington, they bring him back, a healthy Kawhi, healthy Paul George. We gave them Evita Zubats, right? Like all these pieces, Reggie Jackson, you know, you've got all you've got these guys coming in. Um, they could be in really good shape next season. The challenge for the Lakers is this. You've got to make sure 
that what we saw happen a few years ago where the Lakers rebuilt and it was, what, five, six years before they really got back to the top. And a lot of that was, thank, you know, LeBron signed up. That's great. Um, and that definitely gave the, the franchise, the organization a shot in the arm, which you have to be careful with if you're the Lakers because you've got this crosstown opponent now in the, in the Clippers and they're spending and they're going to be good for a little bit here. What you don't want, what you really don't want is the Clippers to have a run of the next, say, 10 years. Because then you're talking about a generation. Mm -hmm. Then you're talking about a generation That's a, that yep. grows up <clears throat> with the Clippers being the successful franchise, with the Clippers being the team that's showing the heart, the hustle, all of that. And again, this is one season right now. Last season, I wouldn't be saying the same thing about the Lakers. Last season's Lakers was a different story. Season before they won a championship. Hopefully this is just a one-year blip here this season. But you got to be careful because of that. What you don't want is a sustained Clippers run because then you grow up with a full generation where they're seeing the Clippers as the better team, the stronger team, all of that. Again, I think it's going to take a long time to convert anything over to a Clippers town or anything. I don't think that's a that's a major threat, but it's just something to be aware of if you're the Lakers. I think the Clippers, now that they've got Bomber, now that they're they're doing the things that they're doing, they're going to be a bigger threat from here on out. And each year that the Clippers are are beating the Lakers, remember it's been the Lakers haven't beat the Clippers since the bubble. It's going to become a bigger and bigger story. So this is even more incentive for the Lakers to fix this thing, right the ship, and get back at it next season and show everybody again, no, no, no. This is our territory. This is our this town. Is. This is Lakers Nation. This is what this is all about. Would you, would you, if you're the Lakers, so like the Lakers in recent years and like the players, they kind of deflect and they come off as like they don't really care about the rivalry or whatever, the quote unquote rivalry. Um, while the Clippers, they kind of take it more personal. So do you think the Lakers should be personal about the rivalry or do you think that they're like, nah, like we're the big brother or whatever? Like, no, we, we're going to just play. And this, this rivalry isn't really a rivalry. Ideally, no, I don't I don't think they should have to. This season, please take something personally. <laughs> take something, something take something personally. Just show up pissed off one game and, and just go out there and get after it. Right? Like take something personal. Go, <laughs> go go just pound the Rockets by 20 and, and let us sit back and, and enjoy a game for a change. Take have, something personal. Come on, fire. There have been a few. They've been few and far between. But I mean, look, we and I, we got 56 out of LeBron against the Warriors. Got a big win there. But there have been a few, but they've been very, very, very rare. So take some, this season takes something personally. In general, no. Don't feed into it or any, any of that kind of stuff. But in general, you're not going to do that. But this season, yes, please. For the future, Anything. yeah. All right. I'm sure Lakers Nation will have plenty to say about this in the in the comment section over on YouTube. So let us know. Let us know your thoughts on that whole situation. I did throw out something on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA as well as the at Lakers Nation official account uh, to kind of mention that we'd be recording a show and that uh, I might have time to get to a mailbag segment. So let's do a quick mailbag segment here. I'm going to pull a couple of questions. Uh, I've got Jason WK sent this to my Instagram said. What Lakers do you foresee coming back next season? I know I'm trying not to focus too much on the offseason stuff because we're going to have a lot of time to discuss offseason stuff. But as of right now, looking at this roster, who do you want back next year? Who, who are your guys where you say, because let, let's face it, this roster is going to look completely different. 
But if you had your pick, who's coming back next season in terms of these are guys that we think can be part of a successful team? Uh, LeBron, LeBron, AD, Malik Monk. If you can find a way to bring him back, that'd be great. Austin Reeves, Stanley Johnson, and then maybe even Wendell Gabriel. I know he hasn't played much, but you just need like those end of the rotation guys are going to sell out. Mm-hmm. So those are probably my six. The rest of the guys, maybes are like anywhere from maybes to no, in, in my opinion. I'd agree with that list. Um, and Stanley Johnson. So some of these guys, it would be factoring contract. Like Stanley Johnson, I'll mention Stanley Johnson was great defensively when he first. And THT, my bad. Forgot oh, about THT. Okay. THT as well. I th- I would kind of be surprised if THT doesn't get traded this offseason. But in any event, um, Stanley Johnson really came out of the gates on fire. Defensively, he was mm-hmm. hustling all over the place. I feel like he's that's kind of waned recently in the last couple of weeks or so. We haven't seen as much product, and maybe that's part of the way he's being used. He's being shuffled in and out of the rotation, starting, not starting, all of that kind of stuff. Kind of a mess. But contractually, he's a very cheap contract. He's a wing. The Lakers need big wings. They didn't have nearly enough of them coming into this season. We said it last offseason that they didn't have enough wings. Skill set-wise, I don't know if he's a rotation guy on a championship team or not. But as a big wing and on a cheap contract, you're bringing him back. Austin Reeves, you're bringing him back. Some people have been critical of his offense. I think he can be a lot even better next season as long as his three-point shot is consistent. He's so smart making plays. Still has the highest net rating on the Lakers for a reason because he just fits really well with a lot of different lineups. Doesn't surprise me. Um, those are I, I agree with all those. Malik Monk, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. Those are the guys that you're bringing back. The rest of the roster... You're probably maybe not. to know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, just looking at Trevor Reza's gone. No. I mean, he, he might be done. Probably, probably done. Yeah. Done. Right. Like, I don't, I don't think he's getting another spot next season. Uh, oh, Carmelo Anthony, Carmelo Anthony is, is one that's, that's gotta be in there. Um, and maybe you said him and I, and I just left him off my list. I didn't say him, but like, again, he's from maybe like if he wants to come back, I definitely consider it for sure. Especially like if it's another vet minimum contract. Yeah, I'd probably bring him back. Yeah, if Melo says vet minimum, he's worth that. Production-wise, he's, yeah. he's worth that. So I, I would bring him back. But like Ariza, Augustine, Bazemore, Bradley, Ellington, Gabriel, take it or leave it. We'll, we'll see. I would love to see more of him down the stretch. THT, I really think he probably gets put into a trade just because logistically, that's kind of what's what's got to happen. Dwight. I like Dwight a lot, no, but I, I think you need more mobility. I'd like to see them invest in some bags that you can bring in. Uh, Mike, and I would love to see Christian Wood come in. That would be a, that would be a nice. <laughs> tra- I know I'm on the Christian Wood train, but um, give Trevor. Christian that's Wood, right. Dang it. Kendrick Nunn will probably be back because I think he's going to pick up that player option. But again, I'm expecting a lot of this roster to not be here next year. I think there's a few pieces that you can keep, and, uh, and that's at most it. it's probably like six guys back at most. At most. Like, you're going to be looking at a very different Lakers roster next year. Uh, all right, another question here. If none comes back better than ever, oh, that'd be nice. Let's, fingers crossed. Does that make Malik Monk redundant? Uh, no. no. No, not at all. De- very different skill set. Well, okay, not very different. I'm, I'm overselling it if I say very. But Kendrick Nunn is more of a, they're both score first guards. So there is some similarity there. 
But Kendrick Nunn is a guy who you can ask to be the lead ball handler. He is a score first mm-hmm. point guard, but he is a point guard. Malik Monk operates more as a two. Yes, you can have him as a pick and roll ball handler, but that doesn't mean you want him initiating the offense. He's more of a, hey, we're going to throw together this play package. We're running this. The horn stagger yes, set. Yes, throw, throw together the horn stagger set. Give Malik the ball. There you go. But it's not, hey, every possession, Malik, you're bringing the ball up and you're doing your doing your thing and you're running everything for us. Kendrick Nunn is more capable of that type of situation. Malik Monk is more of your secondary ball handler, secondary attacker. So that's that's how they're different to me anyway. Sean, do you have a, a, anything different there? I, I think that's spot on. I think Malik Monk is somebody you can run. You have, like you said, you have certain plays that can get him some pick and roll opportunities or some off-screen stuff that gets him some catch-and-shoot opportunities. But no, Malik, uh, Kendrick Nunn, rather, is the guy you would rather have initiate your offense. And I also think that Malik Monk is more of a microwavable scorer, which is why next season, unless he has to, I would like to see Malik Monk come off the bench. So you have a scoring punch off the bench. It's somebody that you just say, Malik, we need a bucket off mm-hmm. the bench. Go. So uh, I, I agree with your analysis there. I actually do hope they keep the horn stagger set. Yeah. If there is a new head coach, I would love that. They've been running some, I mean, a lot of teams do, but some variation of horns for years, for as long as I can remember. They've, they've years. been running that. Yeah. Um, and again, a lot of teams run that. Uh, last one we're going to do. Who's Jonathan? Said, are you more on the side of pack it up for the season or puncher's chance with AD? So pack it up for the season would be. <laughs> LeBron, let's rest. AD, don't hurry back. Let's play the young guys. Let's see what happens. Um, give them some experience, and then let's look forward to next season. Puncher's chances, let's keep pushing here. Let's play LeBron, play Russ, play them all as many minutes as we can, try to win every single game, and then let's see. If AD comes back, maybe we can make some noise and we get through the play-in tournament. We're not, we're not saying we're done here. What side do you fall more on? I mean, me personally, for what I rather watch it, what I, what's easier for me to work on is the pack it in because it's so much easier to do breakdowns because you guys would probably like them more if the guys just pack it in. I get to focus on the younger guys a little bit more. Um, but also, you don't want to risk anything. You want LeBron to just get this knee thing right, go into next season as close to 100% as possible. AD, same thing. Uh, don't rush back. Because, again, if you, if you rush back or whatever, you might aggravate something. And then, again, you only have at best, what, anywhere between three to five games to get ready for the play-in. Um, so, and also Kendrick Nunn's probably done for the year as well. I mean, just one more setback, like you've mentioned. He's done for the season. So, I, I'm i more leaning towards packing in. They're not going to do it, though. Like, LeBron's even said, you did a news video on it, uh, well, yesterday, rather, that he's saying, nope, if I'm healthy or even moderately healthy, I'm going to play. So they won't do it, but I'm more on the side of packing it. Okay, so I'm glad I'm glad you said that because we we disagree here, which is great. Um, I'm on the side of puncher's chance, and I'm not saying I'm optimistic that they're going to make noise in the playoffs or anything like that. I think if they had their pick, that might sway me the other direction, but they don't. Mm-hmm. So because they don't have yeah. a pick, there's really not much of a benefit. And it, look, the the young guys that they have, it's not like they've got a number one overall pick 
that's languishing on the bench and you're mm -hmm. thinking, God, I have to develop this guy. He's going to be my future. You don't have that guy on the team. Look, and we like Austin Reeves, but he's not, the, he's not going to be your 1A guy in the future. There's not some young guy on the, on the bench that you're just dying to develop so that, they, that he can take over one day or something like that. That's not what you're doing here. So in my mind, the best thing you can do is go out there, still try to win every single game. Please bring energy. Please play with, with effort. Give the fans Please. something there. Um, get into the playing tournament. Is it likely to go well? No, it's not likely to go well. It's not. Most likely, either they're done in the playing tournament. If they're not, they're done in the first round. That, that's what we've got coming up here for the Lakers, if we're being honest. But I would rather do that. I would rather go out on my shield than... Just say, eh, no, we're, we don't have it this year because, again, they don't have their pick. They don't have a lot of young talent that they really need to try to develop. And the other thing is this. If you are Rob Palinka, you want to go into the offseason dealing with some position of strength. And right now, look, Russell Westbrook's trade value, it's about as low as it can get. Everybody's going to go into the offseason. Well, okay, it's not as low as if he had more years on his contract. But all the teams <laughs> yeah. around the NBA are going to be looking at the Lakers going, oh, they have to move Russell Westbrook. If you mm -hmm. take your foot off the gas now, you completely, again, this is unlikely to happen, but you completely eliminate the possibility of Russ gets going. AD, what if what if he mm -hmm. plays well? What if some things start to click before LeBron and Russell Westbrook, between LeBron, Russ, and AD? Again, is it likely? No. But you take your foot off the gas and it's 0% chance. I at least want some chance that that's going to happen. Not saying it's because you want to keep Russ, but it gives Rob Palenka a little bit better of a bargaining position in the summer if he can point and say, look at how we finish things. We think we can kind of capture that and use that next season. We're not desperate to move this guy. Again, is it likely that's where we find ourselves? No, not at all. But I want the possibility that this team can do a couple of positive things before the season ends, and even if it's ever so slightly, increase Rob Palenka's bargaining position this summer because this is going to be, I, say, I feel like I say it every summer. I feel like this is The Bachelor. It's the most dramatic season ever. This is <laughs> the most exciting season and most important offseason ever. I think this, this offseason is going to set the course potentially for the next almost decade of Lakers basketball. This offseason is going to do that. The decisions they make this offseason could impact the Lakers for the next seven, eight years. Easy. So I want Rob Palenka with the best bargaining position possible, and you do that by winning some games down the stretch. That's that's my side. But again, I fully understand your side too, Sean, where you're like, you know what? <laughs> this has been enough. I, I just want to I just want to be able to accept that it's, that it's done and and move on. I, I totally get that too, but I'm glad we were able to present both sides of that. Yeah, and to kind of to uh, to go on with your point as well about how this is a arguably the biggest offseason in a long time, and kind of make things come around full circle. The Clippers, if you want to talk about the the quote unquote rivalry again, the Clippers again next season, you can make a legitimate argument they are the favorites, arguably, to come out of the Western Conference mm -hmm. next season. So you could, this offseason can either, if everything goes wrong, this offseason could set you back five years, maybe, maybe even more. If everything goes right, and, like, obviously you have to play well on the court next season, but if everything goes right, like, you're back in that conversation because you still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, God forbid, health permits, but 
you still have LeBron and Anthony Davis if you surround them with a core and a roster that actually makes sense, like last year's team or the championship team, you're right back in the thick of things. And next year will be a lot stress or a lot more stress-free and a lot more enjoyable basketball. So to make everything go back full circle. All right. I think that's a good place to end it. I went into this show saying it would be about 30 minutes. As always, I underestimate. Here we are at about 45 minutes. Appreciate everybody who joined us here, whether you're on YouTube, whether you're listening over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Oh boy, tonight the Lakers take on the Wizards. Kyle Kuzma, KCP, they've already both said that it's a big game for them. Oh boy. Buckle up. (laughs) Buckle up. Till next time, everybody. Make sure you do join us for the post-game show after Wizards versus Lakers. Fingers crossed. Come on, Lakers. Let's get a W. Till next time. See ya and stay safe. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.